Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> when I say morning, I mean, it is morning. I haven't even had my morning constitution yet, but here I am with James Breakwell, so we'll call that a wash. Welcome to Wrong and Wronger. The coffee is hot. One co-host is hot, and the other is you, James. How are what? you this morning? <laughs> I am spectacular because as unpleasant as it is to talk with you first thing in the morning, I just realized... <laughs> The yeah. rest of my day is going to be 100% Steve-free. I will not have you <laughs> hanging over my future. Well, this is the show where we argue about things. Actually, we don't argue. We just whine about how awful <laughs> our lives are. James, uh, you've got four kids in the house all summer, so I, I can't imagine that your life is much better than mine right now. Well, currently they are all wonderfully asleep, so things are good. We actually, uh, we just got back from a trip up to Wisconsin, which I'll write about in the newsletter, uh, you know, next week. So we came back, and the most disappointing thing to getting back from a trip is your house is exactly yeah. how you left it. Like, <laughs> there's there were no gnomes that came through and like did the dishes and the laundry and all of that. Every chore we abandoned as we rushed out the door is just here waiting for us. So that's. That's what I have to look forward to today. You know, I'm from Wisconsin, James, so you went to my homeland. I uh, I should have remembered that and washed my feet of the land before I left. What is, <laughs> which, which part were you in? Uh, South Central. South Central. Does that? I guess you probably don't want to give a name. You don't want to dox your parents and have them associated with you. That would be. Oh, I always most give the name because it's it's a, a Chippewa Indian word. It's it's my town. It's called McGuanago. It's a little farm town no one's ever heard of. I, I also have not heard of it. We were up uh, in the orbit of Lake Winnebago there, which is just oh, shy. Up, uh... Yeah, we, 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 were, we were up a ways, but it's just shy of being a great lake. It is, it is quite large. Well, so do you have family up there? Why did you even pick of all the gin joints in the world to go there? I have, like, one friend in the world, and they... Uh, <laughs> They were from Wisconsin. They lived with me for a while here in Indiana. We went to college together, and then they moved back up there. And they have a boat. And you don't want to ever own a boat. You want to have no. a friend with a boat. So a couple times a year, we go up there to benefit from their boat, pretend that we're boat people, and then we scurry away and don't touch a boat again for the rest of the year. Boy, we owned a boat for about 15 minutes, and it was the worst experience. I think Mrs. Steve would say we had fun with the boat, but it was stressful and expensive. And in we literally owned the boat for about uh, maybe two months. Maybe really? two months. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we had someone break into it and steal crap out of it, and we had uh, it broke down. Oh, I know yeah. this is coming as a shock to you, but in the <laughs> middle of the lake, and we had to have somebody come out to fix it. Like it was, it was enormously stressful. Just getting it in and out of the water was stressful. And uh, anyway, I don't recommend it either, James. 
I, uh, well, the, the, there's that saying that the two happiest days of your life when, only, when owning a boat are the day you buy it and the day you sell it. And that seems absolutely true. It's the other saying is a boat is a hole in the water you dump money into. And so my buddy, like usually every year he breaks multiple props because, you know, it's Wisconsin and some parts of the lake are 30 feet deep and some feet are like six inches deep. And you don't always know which is which until you hit it. So yeah. uh, they break props and that's like 300 bucks a pop. And they just kind of accept that as the price of doing business along with, you know, super expensive gas and all of that. Oh, and then you've got to own a giant truck to get it around. Uh, but and they've got a pretty, pretty sizable boat. But this year their boat had some huge air message on it. So they had to take it in to get fixed. And that was like a week ago. And then when they had it out on the lake and the same air message popped up again, after they'd already paid a bunch of month money to fix it on top of that, the, and this is going to be, uh, the subject of the newsletter, uh, but the, he has a, this truck to haul it. This truck is brand new cause they, they do it through their business and it's a write-off. So they, yeah. they go through new vehicles pretty, fr I guess, you know, about write-offs. You're Mr. Mr. Uh, hide from the IRS <laughs> over there, self-employment, <laughs> but, um, they, uh, so it's a brand new truck. It's six months old and it had some air. It broke down. And, and I'm not going to shame the company, not yet, unless this happens like five more times, which it certainly will. But the company that made this, uh, basically, they could not figure out what was wrong with it. And apparently, this is not the only time this issue has happened. So rather than like replacing this part or that part on this six-month-old truck, they replaced the entire engine. Okay, <laughs> they replaced the entire engine wow. on a six month old truck, the truck that he needs to get the boat in the water. And mind you, in Wisconsin, they've got a very limited window. They got four months a year where they can use this big yeah, fancy right. boat. So they need the truck to work. They need the boat to work. The boat breaks down twice. The truck breaks down while towing the boat, mind you. So then it's up and running again. And then we go out one morning before boating to play Frisbee golf. And the truck with a brand new engine, the engine that has 600 miles on it, breaks down again. It will not start up. So he's, he's there as they're waiting in the parking lot Googling lemon laws, which for reference, if you live in Wisconsin, it has to break down four times for the same issue they fail to fix. So he's halfway there. He's halfway to the lemon law. Uh, but man, like just, I mean, in the, the boat and the boat associated equipment, like it just, it's expensive. And as far as stress, like, so he has the supernatural ability to back up a trailer. Like watching him back up a trailer <laughs> is a work of art. Him with a trailer is like Michelangelo with a hammer and chisel. Like it is a thing of beauty. Yeah. I would never in my wildest dreams attempt to back up a trailer that large. Like it just, the margin of the bear, the boat is so big. The boat ramps are so small between the docks. Like I would, every time I tried to get that in the water, I would just cause thousands of dollars in damage. And to me, that is not fun. That is just, I would just give up. I cannot even fathom trying to maneuver that through traffic in reverse up and down a boat ramp anything like that i will i will let him do it for me a couple times a year and then i will never do it again oh uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I, i'm sorry i just i gotta like, give you an opening at some point i did my rant now you jump in with your ramp that's the format this is like our 900th episode steve you know how this works <laughs> I've got my morning newspaper. I was actually working the crossword puzzle while you were talking there, James. But Jesus, Ira, boy, the uh, so many stories. <sighs> you know, uh, P.S. We still have some sage left over if your buddy needs to smudge his truck and/or boat, so he can drive out the evil, just like we did in the house here. I don't know if his truck has ever visited Rattlesnake Ranch, but it sounds suspiciously like every piece of equipment that's ever been on this property. <laughs> The uh, 
the Lemon Law was interesting. I will say, I was actually reminiscing about owning that boat. We And you were right. Your, uh, the two most exciting days are the day you buy it and the day you sell it. The day we sold it was actually another disaster because... Uh. We, uh, we met a guy, I forgot where we went. We didn't have a truck. This was years and years ago. We were very young and had no money. Put everything we had into this Bayliner boat, but we had <laughs> to use my father-in-law's truck, which is stressful to get it from his place to our place. And we met somebody way out somewhere. It might've been like near Knoxville, Tennessee, like three hours away or something. But the point is we left at like six in the morning to pull this boat out there to sell the piece of crap. And uh, when we were on the interstate, like still in Nashville, the uh, the boat cover tore all the way down the middle. <laughs> so whatever we sold the boat for, which was a loss after only two months, I had to give the guy 400 bucks off so he could buy a boat cover for it, too. Boats Did, are a mess. I don't uh, recommend them for anybody, James. So was this a brand new boat when you bought it? No, we went up to Minnesota to get the boat and drive it back, which was stressful. And your trailer story. God, I so relate to that. We bought, uh, we bought, we rented a little U-Haul tow behind. I forgot what we were. Oh, when we were getting cabinets from Home Depot. So instead of using my truck and taking two or three trips, we just got like a tow behind six by 12 trailer. So the U-Haul place out here by me doubles as like a it, it's like an engine repair shop and a motorcycle shop and a u-haul shop all under one roof so it's not a very big property and it's littered with junk and i pull up to the place and the guy's wife comes out and goes hey can you back it up over there and i, looked, <laughs> I thought no i don't think i can but you know i'm a dude and i'm not gonna look bad my wife is in the car so of course i'm gonna back it in there and i don't know how many things i hit but I, I couldn't do it. You know, those um, <laughs> on those aptitude tests where there's like six gears that are interlocked. And the question is like, if gear A turns clockwise, what direction <laughs> does gear F turn? And it's like uh, my mind explodes on those. I can't figure that stuff out. I don't have that kind of spatial ability. But I remember here's where I'm going with this. My wife's uncle was an 18 wheeler driver. He's deceased now, but I remember watching him back a truck into like up his driveway from the highway. And it was like, God dang, man, how do you do that? <laughs> so it is a skill. And I don't know if it's innate or if it's 10,000 hours, but you and I seem to possess the same level of aptitude when it comes to that. It's uh, it is a skill. And like, I don't even know how you'd practice it because you don't have a, just like an empty trailer to practice with. The first time you practice with is when you have this, you know, ridiculously expensive boat on board. There's no like, you know, trailer simulator 2000 for you to practice with on a computer. <laughs> right. It's just real life or nothing. And I, I can't handle that. I can't handle that kind of pressure. Although well, I will say this, my buddy's wife, she's like, she, she's talking to my daughter. She's like, now you need to marry a man who knows how to back up a trailer. Like that's yes. how important this skill is. <laughs> God, our wives have made horrible, horrible mistakes, yes. James. Absolutely, absolutely. So what, what possessed you to become a boat person? Uh, I don't know. We were young and childless and thought, well, this will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> we were wrong, first of all. And, of course. Uh, I remember the first time getting out on the lake. Like, even driving a boat is not the easiest thing in the world to do when you're in traffic. When you're on open water, it's fine. You just open throttle and you can't hit anything. But I remember we rented a slip at one of the marinas here. 
and uh, just trying to get the boat into the slip when there's boats coming and going and there's like a harbor master that's yelling at you and the, the gas station is over there and you've got to kind of sidle into it because the boat has to kind of drift into the gas station <laughs> spot. It's, uh, man, it's not easy to do. And with no practice, you're right. Like, my anxiety was running too high. The answer to your question, though, is we thought it'd be cool to own a boat. <laughs> and there was this was like the early days of eBay. And uh, somebody had a boat in Minneapolis that they were selling for cheap and Bay liners at the time were like 12 grand and this was being sold for three grand and we're like, oh, surely we can scrape this together. <laughs> and I think I sold it for 1200 and gave the guy 400 back. It was it was bad. Whew, that is uh, that's an expensive couple months there, although with what gas costs now, that's like two boat trips out. I mean, it's it is pricey. And not only that, but it it costs uh, it costs a ton to drive the boat. It costs even more to tow the boat. So uh, my buddy, his uh, his dad has a house on a lake and uh, different than uh, Lake Winnebago, and it's like an hour north. And to get that boat an hour north takes a full tank of gas from the truck. Like, holy cow, that's... Uh, and then you get the boat in the water, and the, those giant power boats, they don't exactly, you know, sip gas. They just burn through it like you wouldn't <laughs> believe. So uh, when I left, uh, I you know I I, I Venmoed my friend some money, uh, Venmoed well, his wife some money, and she uh, she messaged me. She's like, "This is way too much," and I'm like, "That's probably half of like in one hour on the boat. Like, there's there's no way. I mean, gas is like twenty five dollars a gallon right now. What? Well, five. You know, you know, you know what gas costs. Well, maybe you don't. You're over there in your ivory tower on Rattlesnake Ranch. Maybe you don't buy your gas anymore. Maybe you hire your manservant to do it. But actually, it is. It is about five dollars a gallon in most places, give or take a little. Yes, boy. I thought when you said that, I'm thinking, does did he have a boat that takes like Jet A? Like, no, what are we talking no, about? No. You got uh, some rich friends. That's it's awesome. Hyperbole, Steve. Have you not learned not to take my words at face you, value? You gotta go all the way if you go hyperbole. You can't go halfway. It gets confusing. It alarms me that twenty five dollars a gallon is now plausible <laughs> enough that you can't be sure I'm exaggerating. <laughs> That's so true. Do you know how I get around being depressed about gas? I get What's gas literally every day. And that every way, day. the most I ever spend is like a quarter tank. It costs me to go to my office. It's about a $22 round trip. So I have to calculate that in. If we have to go into town like Nashville to get something with my truck, that's almost $40 because it burns diesel and it's big. So these are things you have to keep in mind when you're calculating, is it worth doing X, Y, or Z? But yeah, so I put about 23 bucks in my tank every few days when I go to the office. And then other days, we when we go to the diner, I get gas in town, even if it's just a few gallons, so that it never feels like I'm getting gouged. It just feels like, ah, there's 20 bucks, 25 bucks. That's what it used to cost. Except now I only get like a little splash <laughs> instead of a full tank. I, uh, so when we're going up, uh, up to Wisconsin, we've got to swing around Chicago, which is unfortunate. It's always it just is. one big traffic jam. But they've got the I-Pass up there where they give you tolls on the way. And yep. uh, Google Maps would default, and it kept defaulting to no tolls, like adding time oh, to our geez. drive to not pay the tolls. And it, we like almost didn't catch it the first time. It was really screwy, and it wouldn't stay on the toll route. But it wanted us to add like 45 minutes to our trip. 
to save four dollars. It's like with what gas costs, that's going to cost us double or triple to drive even longer. Like that is the worst trade-off in the world. I will at this point, like tolls are a bargain. That's funny. I always said we ought to get every bulldozer in the United States, line them up shoulder to shoulder, and just push Chicago into Lake Michigan. Start over again. Like, uh, I hate going through there. And because I'm from Wisconsin, anytime we go to visit my family, we have to go through there twice. And it's just awful. It's just awful, James. Well, we ended up with a 25-minute slowdown there, bumper-to-bumper traffic. And there was no reason why. There was no accident. There was no anything. It was just for this section of road, for absolutely no reason, we're all going to bunch up. And then 10 miles down the road, it's going to spread out. Again, for notice, it's not like there was an on-ramp and an off-ramp there that caused it. It's just like, you know what, let's just, let's just cause this one person tap their brakes a little bit too much, like three hours before, and caused a chain reaction ripple effect that still has not worked its way out. Yeah, if there were any good way to get around Chicago, I think they built a bypass, and then it filled up, and they built another bypass. And like, <laughs> I don't, it just, there's, no, there's no good way. The traffic just keeps reaching out to fill up the bypasses. Only 25 minutes tells me you must have gone through at three in the morning. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was like two or three o'clock on a Monday. Like it shouldn't have been like, who's even driving then? It's yeah. just like other people coming back from a random summer vacation. Plus, you know, 9 billion trucks for Amazon and that, yes, Steve, that was hyperbole. I did not count the trucks. <laughs> See, that, <were> not- <laughs> that worked. By the way, you're not calling out the truck company, but I'm curious because I hear all the time that, uh, like, I have mechanic friends that hate Ford, but I own a Ford, and I love my truck, and it's never given me any problems. I'm knocking on wood. I'm going to probably have to go smudge it with some sage <laughs> later, but I just uh, you can just say yes or no to this, and if it's yes, I suppose that narrows it down, but is it a Ford truck? It is not. Okay, good. I, I, don't, I don't like Ford getting a bad name. I like my truck. It is, uh, it is an American company, though, so I guess that narrows it down like two others. This is why, I say this is why I stick to foreign companies, but my, uh, so we had really, really good luck with one van, and then uh, the same copy of another van we got, we got two of the same thing, and then one of them ended up being haunted and having all the problems yeah. in the world. And Safe. then we switched back to another, another foreign company we've never had trouble with, and so far it's going good. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of these foreign cars that it ends up people buy so much of them that they become domestic cars because now my foreign car was actually made like an hour away in Indiana. Yeah. So I, I've done a good thing by, uh, by ignoring and snubbing America. Those foreign companies came to me. Boy, I remember uh, this again is years ago. I had a Honda Accord. And at the time, you could tell the difference between a Japanese made and an American made by the first letter of the VIN number. So my VIN number started with a J, which implied that it was made in Japan. Not that it mattered to me. I bought it used with a lot of miles on it. But I don't know if that's still the same anymore. I know you have some experience with that company, too. But, uh, yeah, most of them, I think, are made in America these days. It's too expensive to ship them in. Okay, who knows the VIN number for their car? Of all the random pieces of data to have, I can. you look at it like one time to fill out your registration, and that's it, ever. <clears throat> Yeah, but uh, maybe at the time it was more important to know where your car was made. I don't remember the VIN number, Doy. I remember the first letter. God, 
There's a, a trick too on your driver's license, or I'm sorry, your social security number that you can tell where you were born based on some number or combination of numbers. Someone taught me that a long time ago and I don't remember the trick anymore, but this was kind of that same thing. It was sort of a hack that you could know where the car was manufactured based on the VIN. Yeah, that's not true anymore. I know it's been a long time since you had kids, but it used to be that, you know, all, all the people in one area had the first number or a couple numbers in common, which makes it much less secure. So now it's, uh, you know, entirely random. So my, my later kids, their social security numbers just get weird. It's all sorts of random digits all over the place. But yes, for people like you who are a million years old, your social security <laughs> number is very easy to hack. The uh, youngest kid is back home again. See if I can spin Ooh. around and catch his house. He's uh, probably still his asleep, house. as is every sane person over in the small cabin over there. But he's back home. We have no fish in our pond, speaking of, like, maritime activities. But he fishes for, like, a couple hours a day in a fishless pond because he just finds fishing to be sort of zenny and peaceful. And I'm like, I do not understand that concept at all. I could not sit there even if I was catching fish. I don't know where you stand on fishing, James. I'm good with hunting. Like, I look forward to going turkey hunting next year on this property. But I cannot understand fishing. Where are you on it? Uh, it saddens me to agree with you, but we are in the same boat. Like I'm, I'm practicing with my bow or supposedly practicing with my bow. Like I'm looking forward to hunting. I can't do fishing. I can't just sit there. Like if I were to be there, actually even hunting, I might just, I think I have to play a book on tape as I sit there at a tree blind. Like, I just, I just can't waste that much time, but like the, the fishing, just sitting there. Does he, okay. Are you sure the pond is fishless? Did you go like electroshock it and verify there's no fish no. inside or is maybe your son's just bad? at fishing so maybe there are fish maybe there's hope uh, but I, I just don't get the appeal you wait there and wait there and wait there and maybe something bites and you pull it pull it out and it's gross and you have to touch it and you have to pull off the hook and you just throw it back like you just punched a, a hole in this thing's mouth for no reason and it's even worse if it keep it need it because fish is terrible. It's like it's like soggy beef. Like nobody wants it. It's the runner up of all foods. Why not just go to the grocery <laughs> store and get real food, super cheap, there other than wasting all of this time to get something that's going to take a ton of work to prepare and just be disappointing. Yeah, I don't uh, my grandfather is from the Philippines. I think I've said that on this show. Mm -hmm. He almost didn't he like barely spoke English and uh, he would fish all the time cuz that's how he grew up. And I remember going with him, and uh, it, it was it bored the crap out of me. But he could sit there all day and fish, and I just don't have that mindset. But I know th there's no in between. There's no people that are sort of fair to midland on fishing. Like you're either all in or you're all out, and I'm on the all out. Well, it's not just that, that it's boring. It's that it's incredibly uncomfortable because you're right on the water, which is mosquito central. There's usually no shade because you're right up against the pond. So you're sunburning, you're getting eaten alive, and nothing's happening. Like I just that is like the tri <laughs> you know the the triple threat of just a bad day. I I can't even fathom why anyone anyone would want to fish, which might explain why you abandoned your boat so quickly. Like like half of the activities <laughs> you do on the water were just out for you from day one. Yeah, it was fun watching Mrs. Steve float on the water in her bikini, but I guess I could do that anywhere without a boat that is a hole in the water you throw your money into. But uh, you, so you want a turkey hunt with a bow? 
No, I don't want a turkey hunt at all. I, I hate turkey. Well, I hate all birds in general, but not enough to go out and shoot them. Uh, I, uh, I, want, I want a deer hunt. That's the goal. I want a deer hunt. Venison is like a rare delicacy around here. You're never going to find it in the stores. You only get venison if you hunt it yourself or if you have a friend who uh, who does it. So my, uh, my buddy who I visited, his son bow hunts, and he gets a deer like every year. And so his mom gave me uh, gave me some uh, venison hot links to take home. It's like, here, Ooh. my son can provide for our family in a way that you cannot. <laughs> take these home and eat them in shame. And so I did, and they are delicious. <laughs> Your shame was delectable. Yes. All right. Well, we have a ton of deers right here. If you want to come down here and hang out for a weekend, I'll get you a deer. Well, I like to go someplace that has running water and electricity. Like, like not during the camp out, or like not during the hunt, but like afterwards at some point. I know for How a fact. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? I mean. My son won't be here. The cabin will be open. You at least have the guise of running water and electricity. You know what? I'm. So the other thing about hunting is you got to know somebody who has like some land. And I don't know anybody. I, do, I what, have what, failed what? to make friends. Right I have. There. I know that's the problem. That's what I'm getting to in all these years. Instead of making friends, I've been talking to you and it's terrible. And now I'm going to have to drive 95 hours down to Nashville and I'm going to drive my van onto your property and it's instantly going to stop working and my bow will probably explode and I'll come back there smelling of sage and haunting. Well, hopefully. I mean, best case scenario, you'll smell like sage because then you won't be evil anymore. And this podcast will take off to the stars. Yes, that is that is the thing that's holding us back. Not our total lack of content or anything else along those lines. Not our incredibly poor quality control. It is my evil. That is what has been holding us back this whole time. Boy, that is a fantastic note to end on because <laughs> we can hashtag truth that statement. So we're going to get out of here and get you on with the rest of your week. And until we meet again... When we come face to phone with you one more time and you regret ever following the Exploding Unicorn on social media, this is Steve, Dr. Steve, the better looking host and the less evil of the two for James, the Exploding Unicorn and the Exploding with Evil Breakwell saying thanks for listening, thanks for watching, and remember as always, two wrongs can make a right. <laughs> <laughs>